Marco kisses her as though they are the only two people in the world. The air swirls in a tempest around them, blowing open the glass doors to the garden with a tangle of billowing curtains. Every eye in the crowded ballroom turns in their direction, and then he releases her and walks away. By the time Marco leaves the room, almost everyone has forgotten the incident entirely. It is replaced by a momentary confusion that is blamed on the heat or the excessive amounts of champagne. We're doing fine, I'm doing fine. Welcome to We're Doing Fine, book club edition. This month, we read The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. He's Robbie. And she is Lisa. And, and she listened. Yeah, I listened. We swapped. A, yeah, because I could not find my copy. <laughs> and I had it. So, yeah. not her copy, I just had the book. <laughs> <laughs> you had my copy this whole time. How did I you get it? I stole it when I visited you in 2016. <laughs> Dang, it's a long con. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> um, do you, like do you want to explain summary? briefly? Oh, okay. I, I would not because I'm not entirely sure I fully understood it, but you, <laughs> this is the second time you've read it. And I'm scared if I say anything, you'll be like, no, that's not right, Robbie. You misunderstood. And I'll be like, of course I did. All right. <laughs> so the premise of the book is that there's these two magicians and they both teach a different form of magic. One is innate magic and one is taught. And they decided that they want to have a little competition. And as that competition, they're willing to risk the lives of others, which is really cool and good. In fact, they have to spend a whole lot of time trading people, individuals, one of which is their own, one of their own daughters. Um, you know, just to be able to like, be like, oh yeah, if you don't win, you die. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you that. And I'm not going to tell you any rules of this game. And this game which is has seems to have like two rules which is don't interfere with the other person and mm. like do magic it's <laughs> <laughs> the only rules that seems Apparently. to be the only rule do magic and don't interfere it takes place in this wonderful place called the night circus it's actually called the circus of dreams yes the cirque de rev <laughs> Because I was like, wait, it's not called the Night Circus. It's not called the Night Circus, but it is a night circus. It's a circus that appears at night yeah. and is only open at night. So it's the Night Circus. And as they go through this competition, their lives get entangled with both the members of the circus and each other, their competitors. And it has a beautiful, tragic, but not quite tragic ending. And yeah, no, it's it's just, it's very intertwined. There's all of these characters and you get to see from their different viewpoints. There's Chandresh, the man who started the circus. He's kind of the, the brains and money behind the operation. There's Celia mm. and Marco. They are the competitors. There are their teachers, obviously. There's Poppet and Widget, the twins who were born oh, on opening night. There's Sukiko, the, uh, the... What what's it called? The contortionist. Contortionist, yeah. I love her name. Um, in I think it's kanji. There's a oh, chapter kanji, that yeah. starts with her name in in kanji, and it's beautiful. Yeah, there's just a lot of people and lives and stories that are intertwined. All the while, they don't. A lot of them don't realize that there's this entire magic battle kind of thing happening mm. 
and it's affecting everything they do. Because, um, I mean, we'll probably go into this in more detail, but the the battle isn't like a traditional battle. The battle is sort of... Um, it's a test of endurance. It, yeah, it's it's showing how good you are. So like in like the way that like the way that Marco and Celia compete is they make more impressive magical additions to the circus. Mm-hmm. Um so like they're not they're never pitted against each other and that's one of the things that confuses even them throughout the book is they don't know who's winning yeah. because they both just keep doing stuff that impresses each other. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's just it's wild. And then yeah, and then we find out um exactly what's supposed to happen to finish the battle um which we'll we'll go into after we've put a spoiler alert yeah because if you haven't read it then you do need to leave now (laughs) (laughs) you have the ability pause read it come back (laughs) yeah if you enjoyed what lisa just said stop the podcast now and disappear yes and you'll find out that it is so much more than what i just said literally it is but there's no like there's no other way to explain that really yeah so now that you've read it and come back, thank you. Yes, we have a question that actually starts with first and foremost, so let's start with that. Okay, yeah, that's logical. This question comes from Jenna, and she says, first and foremost, would you attend the night circus, and what activities would you do there? This actually goes very well with another listener question. Chris says, I keep finding myself wanting to go to the circus and getting lost in the tents and eating the sweets. Which tent would you find yourself most drawn to? I would definitely attend the circus. I would, yeah. I, of course I would go. I was thinking about this while it was happening. I was like, of course. we Like, if me and my friends in Edinburgh mm-hmm. just found a circus that had appeared in the middle of nowhere yeah. during the night and it didn't open till midnight, or sorry, until sundown, yes, I would I would go. Absolutely. I would drag all my friends. Yeah. yeah. I would be in Celia's tent. Because the magic that she was performing just sounds incredible. See that, and I'd probably go to the um the palm reader, the tarot oh, card. Yeah. I can't remember her name. Isabel, Isabel. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go yeah. to the tarot cards. I'd probably go to Celia's, but I'd I definitely I want to go to the cloud maze. That sounds amazing. Cloud maze, yeah, and the um the is it like the crystal forest? The ice garden. The ice forest. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, that sounds stunning. They as well. all sound so good and amazing. Like I think. I also think I'd be that guy that just wanders the, the like the alleys of the circus, like yeah. to see the random performances. Like that would be really cool. Oh my gosh. It sounds like I, I feel like I would become a river, which is oh, no, in the I book there's these so. people called rivers, then they just follow the uh they follow the circus around. Yeah. I would be one of them, the rivers. Because there's just so much happening and I'd want to see it all. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way to see it all in one go. But at least they're there for multiple nights. Yep. So yeah, and then I would definitely want to try the food, obviously. Um, of course. Probably chocolate mice and like the cider would be my first go-to. Yeah, I quite like the sound of the. Um, can't remember what it was, but it was a widget and pop it to Bailey to get one and the cinnamon thing. She things. was. Uh, yes, and widget was like, "Yeah, there is no cue. They obviously don't realize how good this is yet." And I was like, "Ah, yeah. oh, give me one." <laughs> Insider <laughs> knowledge. Yeah, literally. That would be so good. Yeah, no, I would definitely go. I'd just get lost. (laughs) Yeah, uh, absolutely. Same. All right. This is another question from Jenna. The book utilizes first, second, and third points of views in various different ways. While the first and third are quite common, second is rarely seen. Why do you think the second is so rare? What do you think of the use of second person in this novel? A technical question. We love to see them. 
Um, Quick so, explainer. First is like first point person point of view is when they're like I. Third person point of view is when you're just when the narrator is describing like what Celia is doing. Second person point of view is when they're like you. Yeah, and it's important because the the second person story is sort of like un unheadlined. No, it is headlined. Um, so it's like it, it splits. It's, it's it's in between the the chapters, mm-hmm. and and it's margined differently. So you 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 know that it's a special story, and it's oh. in between the tale of the night circus. It is. Um, it's a it's a, it's a tale of somebody enjoying this, like visiting the circus. Yeah, well, it's um, it's specifically trying to reach out and kind of grab the reader as though you're walking through and into the night circus. Yeah, yeah, and what's what's really cool, or I found, and I'm probably skipping ahead, but um, I love that um, it turns out that it's it's Poppet. No, sorry, it's Widget at the end of the book is yeah. reading it. That's this the um so the the second the second person narration is a story that Widget is telling to um. Alexander at the end of the novel. Oh, see, I didn't really think of it as that that being the story that Widget's telling because in the end, this is a bit of a spoiler, but it it does harken back to the fact that it's modern day, the second person point of view, because there's a website well, link. It's just because the the bit where it says, um, well, the website links afterward. Oh, okay. Um, as far as as far as I know, yeah, the the website link is on a separate page just after it. But I, I see what you mean. But it's because there's a bit I'm gonna fast forward. Uh, Widget takes a sip of his wine and puts his glass down on the table. He draws a breath in re- that releases the tangled knot of words in his heart, and they fall from his lips effortlessly. The circus arrives without warning, which is the which first is how the novel page, yeah. starts. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> I love that shit. Mortal Engines did that. Philip yeah. Reeve did that for Mortal Engines Quartet. Yeah, I was very impressed. I feel like The Outsiders also does that. I think maybe I could be wrong. It's been like a decade since I've read <laughs> The Outsiders. I've never read it. <gasps> oh, read oh, it. it's so good. It's like it's it's a short book. You can do you can get it done in a weekend. Okay, all right. <laughs> Every angsty teen loves The Outsiders, Robbie. I was never an angsty teen. How dare you? I've seen your Facebook photos. You have been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still an angsty teen. What are you To answer the question, um, why do we think that second person is so rare? I think it's a bit jarring, right? It's just a bit jarring for readers to see that it's so directed at them, right? Because it uses yeah. you. And you're like, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing yeah, these things. I think there is almost like a, like for, like I, I, I personally, I think it just doesn't work for long, for like, long text yeah. like a short story maybe yes but like with a novel it, i think it eventually creates a um a disbelief because you, as you're reading it you're actively knowing this isn't happening yeah um precisely or in my case uh, that's we how save I feel. that shit for flash fiction yeah <laughs> very fun all right this question comes from callum callum asks i found myself drawn more to some characters than others while reading which character arc did you like the best? Do you want to take this one first? Yes, because my answer is the same as the original time that I read it, which it might be a weird choice. I don't know. I really enjoyed Bailey's arc the best. Like, I don't know. He's just so, he's just so innocent. And like, there's nothing particularly like profound or special about Bailey. He's just someone who loves the circus and he gets pulled into it and he has this passion for it. 
And he's just kind of like young and naive and why like full of wide-eyed wonder. And there's just something really like sweet about his storyline versus the others. The others get really clouded and bogged down by everything going on in the competition. So yeah, I just, I love Bailey's arc. I love it whenever they talk Here. about him and like... I massively disagree, but <laughs> you know, each their own. No, um, I, like, I totally understand. Like, I love everyone else's arcs, but when it's a Bailey chapter, I just, I just feel, like, I feel a little bit of like, it's almost like a stress relief valve, I think, from the rest of the story. I don't know. I just felt like it was kind of pointless. Well, like, you find why out didn't, the point Why wasn't it Pulpit or Widget? Yeah, I guess. Did I miss a point? I mean, it couldn't have been Puppet or Widget. They were part of it. It had to be someone new. So they need, they needed like an outsider. I think so. Okay. Well, in that case, fair. Um, but I just like for most of it, like I just liked the idea of a romance for Puppet. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out there was a war. Oh, he's the he's the hero. He's the one that continues the the. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Like I I just I quite liked that whole simple arc of young love yeah. in them and amongst this whole like messy torrent of story and magic i was like this is so sweet and wholesome and like totally unrelated and it's so oh okay he's the hero he's, well i don't he, think it's necessarily he that the he's the hero like they even point out in the book like no you're just someone who cares enough and is here at the right like in the wrong place at the right time <laughs> people like that can still be heroes <laughs> i guess I just... but I th- and i think like i get what you're saying uh, but i think it's like and I think it's cool that they, you know, they made him part the, the of it. The way that they did it, they yeah, the hero wasn't who you expected. The hero turned out to be somebody completely removed, mm-hmm. um, and that just was in the right place in the right time to be the hero. Yeah. Um, but I just thought I was like, oh, I just wish they'd like. I I think I don't know. Like obviously there was a. I just I just loved it. I just loved him and Poppet's little pure wholesome little romance, and then like yeah. him chasing her across the country, and I was like, oh, just. <laughs> Why got to do that? Anyway, sorry to shit on your favorite character. Oh, Feel no, free that's to do totally the same fine. to me. Um, oh, my I favorite did not say is, that he is... was my favorite character. That's just my favorite. Oh, your favorite story arc. Story arc. 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 That fo- yeah. Like it just follows Bailey. Okay. okay. All right. Well, mine is Isabel. Um, okay. Yeah. I just, I just love how she was. Um, who's not my favorite character, but um, Isabel's character arc is just, you know, she, she starts off just doing what Marco wants because mm-hmm. she's loving them. And then she loves the the circus herself. Yeah. And then she realises what's going on. She realises something's going on. So she tries to protect the circus herself. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, accidentally causes someone to die. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's her fault because there's a whole messy situation. But um, and it's just the way that she has to respond to that, deal with that. And I was just like, Isabel, on you go. We've all been there. Yeah. I just love that she carved a life for herself out of doing something for a boy. Yeah. I mean, in the moment of when she was, I mean, the whole thing is that she releases this charm that she had kind of put to kind of keep balance between Celia and Marco. Mm. to kind of lighten the load and like it is almost a little bit spiteful it's both like releasing her of her burden of this because it happens yeah. right after marco tells her that spoiler alert he's in love with celia not i wouldn't her. say it was spiteful yeah i wouldn't say it was spiteful i think he says i'm not in love with you i'm in love with celia and and she just goes then this is all over and i need to let yeah. it go and i need to let whatever you two are doing do it and I yeah, shouldn't you need be to let it play because, out. And I... Yeah, but what she didn't realize was that she was actually holding together a lot of energy that nobody saw coming, yeah. which fucked shit up. 
and ended up causing somebody to die. Yeah. I quite liked him as well. I know. That actually fits in very well. Look, another question from Callum. Callum asks, Oh. Do you think the game would have ended earlier if it wasn't for Isabel's charm? If so, who do you think would have won? So yeah, we just talked about Isabel's charm. She kind of did this thing just kind of like binding binding both Marco and binding like I think it's like Marco herself and and uh Celia kind of to the circus and yeah. keeping their energies in balance. Um I, I think, think probably Marco. Yeah, I think Marco would have won just because Celia like the way their magics work. Marco Marco used a, used like a lot of bonding charms. So it wasn't like personally expending quite as much energy from himself. But everything yeah. Celia was doing was tied directly to herself and it was exhausting her. Yeah. Even he says that, doesn't he? He's like, how do you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So like... Bless her. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think I won- Marco would have won just because Celia's magic took so much more concentration and personal endurance. Yeah. And I wonder if... Just getting technical in response to the, the battle of between Tot and Innate is mm-hmm. whether, you know, she was powerful, mm-hmm. but I wonder if being taught how to use it would have changed it. Because he didn't, he didn't, te- Prospero didn't teach her anything. He just yeah. cut her hands and made her heal it. Like, yeah. but he made her just like, that- she, yeah, he put her in situations where she had to either fix things or leave it. Like, she had to just figure yeah. shit out. Yeah, her magic was very reactionary. Mm hmm. So yeah, no, no, it's interesting. I, d- I like, I do think that Marco probably would have won just because Isabel, or not Isabel, because Celia would have just like exhausted herself. Yeah. All right. I have um a quick question from Leah. Leah asks, was it fair for the circus members to be pulled into a contract without their approval? Were the benefits, agelessness, travel, etc., enough to outweigh the risks? No, no, I hate that. That made me, I, like, I cried. Yeah. It was like halfway through the book when um oh which which twin was it? Oh gosh. Goes I don't to know. Mr. Harris and they're like she says something like every, every time I look in the mirror I see myself 15 years ago. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, they don't age." What? Yeah, cuz I mean, you kind of get the feeling of that like they're not they're not aging and they're trying to like and they see the rest of the world around them aging. They see Puppet mm-hmm. and Widget like, even, aging. Yeah. And Mr. Harris is like I have to move Mm-hmm. I have to move countries every couple of years. Yeah. And it's like, but like, I want to know why did he do it? Was it to try and keep the circus as the same as possible? Yeah, as a, I think it was just to keep yeah. the playing field as even as possible to keep it. Because I mean, that part was Marco, right? Yeah, with he had book. the book with everyone's names and stuff. Yeah. Um, and didn't he, did Bailey took Poppet's name out, right? At the end. Yeah, I think he took Poppet and Widget's names out. So they're just going to age like normal? I don't know. They didn't explain that. I know. That's, I was like, you need to explain to me what he's doing. This book that keeps everyone alive forever. And he's just taking their two names out. Well, what does this mean? Well, maybe they could have kept themselves young because they are magicians kind of in themselves. Like, like Bridget did yeah. kind of explain that Marco was teaching him some magic. And I'm sure that Celia was still teaching them some magic in the end after like as well mm-hmm. they get a little bit of both mm-hmm. schools yeah um but you know it just it just felt like a really odd thing to keep to put in but not explain yeah because it literally was he found the book he opened it pulled out pop it and widgets page and then closed it and ran to take it to whoever it was mm-hmm. and i was like what 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 
No clue. Maybe they would have stopped aging at like 21. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> Bailey's like, if you're not going to put my name in the book, these two aren't going in it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. Um, But I mean, travel, yeah. But that that's just the benefit of living in a circus. Agelessness, yeah. I don't think without being explained to, like it drove them mad. And like you could tell like any time yeah. they brought it up, like someone kind of mentioned it. Everyone just got super uncomfortable because they were just like, "But right, yep, we don't know what's happening to us." One thing I will say is, I don't think it drove her mad. No, no, I don't think she was no, because, mad. I think, but Alexander followed. I think Alexander killed her because yeah. she was asking questions. Yeah, and so that that's like, yeah. So it's like I don't think she was necessarily driven insane with it, but everyone thought that because she was acting erratic and mm. she was being really off with everyone. But I think I think she was just fed up of it. She was like, "I need answers." Yeah. And then Alexander was like, "I can't give you any, so here's a train." Yep. Um. Yeah. And then just like Madame Padva, a queen. Yep. Just like <laughs> she's like, I'm done doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's I. I love it. Um. Which character? I mean, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Which character surprised you the most? Bailey. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Actually, no, no, no. Uh, oh, I've forgotten how I've forgotten her name. Sukiko. 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 Um, yeah. Sukiko. Yeah, no, definitely was the most surprising for me as well. When she turned out to be an ex-competitor. Yeah. And I'm like, what? and so like it it goes to show like they don't even get a prize. Yeah. They're just sent on to continue their, their prize lives. Prize life. <laughs> yeah, and like, and as she said, she, like they all fall in love, mm-hmm. which is like, just so incredibly all, shit. Yeah. yeah. I think what surprised me most about Tsukiko, not even that she was a former competitor, but how, like, inhumane almost the competition kind of made her. Because she tricked Celia yeah. into thinking that love was a fickle thing just so that she could kind of get the own her own ends to her means. Yeah. Like, she tried yeah, to she convince would. her that Marco didn't truly love her just so that it would be easier for her to end up ending Marco. Yeah. But is that inhuman or possibly too human? Yeah, I guess that's that she wanted to protect her because they were they were friends, weren't they? Yeah, like because o- over the years, Su- uh, Sukiko and, and and Celia end up. But like, it wasn't they about go for drinks Celia. And stuff. I think she would have killed Celia if it was if it worked better for her. She wanted to take care of the circus because she liked being in the circus because it reminded her of. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're quite right. Actually, it reminded her of her yeah. love. Even more human than. Yeah, <laughs> it's not not even about protecting your friend. It's about reminding yourself that you are once loved. Yeah, wild. I yeah. want to know Sukiko. But no, I, what I was what her you... challenge? I want to know what Sukiko's. I want to read a whole book about Sukiko's challenge, even though I know it oh ends God, yeah. super tragically. Aaron Morgenstern, get on it, please. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I would read an entire series yeah. of just these challenges. Yeah, even though we know they all all the other ones end up really bad for at least one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even this one didn't end up exactly perfect. Yeah. All right, we have one more listener question. This one is also from Jenna. Thank you, Jenna. Jenna asks, The Night Circus sparked my imagination like no other book. I found it quite easy to visualize the scenes of the novel. Were you able to see The Night Circus? Which part of it did you find the most beautiful and or intriguing? Um... Yes, I agree. Yeah. It was very well depicted, and I could see it in my head. Mm -hmm. The bit that I loved was the entryway when you go through the tunnel of stars yeah. and open it up and then you're in like the courtyard with the bonfire in it mm-hmm. it just reminded me of all the times like you know when you're at like essentially when you're at disney world and you go up the 
Yeah. Up the the main main street and then <laughs> boulevard, castle, <laughs> everything. And you're like, oh my god, I'm at Disney World. Like it was just like you can imagine it would be that kind of feeling. Like holy shit, yeah. this is this is unreal. Yeah. For me, I think it was the ice garden that I could visualize the best, and like the tarot room, like individual like yeah. tents. I could see a lot better than like the big like courtyards and stuff. Yeah. But it's just, it's so beautifully written. All right, you had a question for me, Robbie. So, yeah, so I was going to ask Lisa because I, we swapped, Mm -hmm. as we said, we swapped and I, so I read the physical book Mm -hmm. and Lisa was on the audio book. But reading the book, each chapter starts with a chapter title, Mm -hmm. a location, and a month and year. Yeah. But the month and year flips back and forward. Yeah. So how was that? How was that as a reading experience? It was very confusing. I can imagine. Because like I was saying to Lisa, I had to flip back to be like, oh shit, that was set in the past or that was set in the mm. future. And yes, yeah, so I was just wondering how that affected reading, listening to the book, I guess. It was, it was definitely confusing for me because like sometimes, like the first half of the book was harder, I think. And then as I started to get used to it, it was a little bit less confusing. But by then... I was like, I don't remember the timeline of the first half of the book at all, (laughs) but it was fine. And then like, especially towards like the very end, when it started to get closer and closer together, it got easier, Mm. obviously. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't ideal, but you know, it was a good book. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was such a good story. And I think that's what this was. This was, this wasn't a book. It was a story. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Like, you can imagine it being read to somebody, like, I don't know, I just, I, like, I can imagine this sort of story being read over a campfire. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, did you hear the story of the night circus? <gasps> <laughs> yeah. All right, so what is your favorite, oh, just a few other things about the book, about the audiobook before I go anywhere else. The audiobook, at least for me, was read by Jim Dale, and he does a great job, but the only thing that was slightly confusing was at least... On the Audible account that I use, he also reads the Harry Potter books. Yes. So I was just mentioned. Like, I was like, every, every once in a while, I was like, that's Molly Weasley. That's Dumbledore. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, like, yeah, no, it was just kind of confusing some points. I was just like, oh, God, that's Dumbledore. That's, that's this other character. And I, like, I had to separate myself from thinking of that, thinking like that. Yes. All right. Oh, no, you're good. You are good. We've been been 35 minutes do you have any other questions i have a i have a fun question okay all right okay go for it i have a question for robbie oh hit me with it if you were in the night circus what do you think you would be i would 100 percent be selling cinnamon snacks (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm not a night i'm not a circus performer as much as I wish I was, I would one. I'd be like, you know, like uh, janitorial, you know, <laughs> <I'd be> like <laughs> cleaning it during the day. Oh, <laughs> I'm okay with that because I'd get to be part of the magic. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what about you? I feel like I'd want to be like either like one of the like what Poppet and Widget do, which is like play around with kittens and like have them do <laughs> the cool tricks, or like be one of those living statues. Yeah. Just Except move really, keep, really slowly. Yeah, I can't keep still that. <laughs> you'd, you'd be like, it's basically Drax from yeah. um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'd be I moving and so then I'd eventually like get invisible. <laughs> yeah. You're like, time to go on a break. 
Or like, like as somebody walks past, you're just like on their cinnamon yeah. stuff. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. All right. Question that we always ask: Who is your favorite character? I think it would have to be Mister. Is it is it Haddis or Baddis? What his name? Is. Oh, the um architect guy. Yeah, the one that designs the clock. No, that's not him. Oh, Friedrich. That is. Yeah, but not him. No, that's not who I mean. Um, like the guy who started. The you're reverse. right. Like the architect guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, the clockmaker or the architect? <laughs> the architect. Sorry, okay. I'm confusing everyone now. Um, I, there's a lot of names, and we didn't make a list like we did last time. Do you know what? I was thinking this earlier. I was like, this had a much bigger ensemble than the last book, mm-hmm. but it was so much easier to understand, and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, even, like, on this page, we have Marco, Chandrish, uh, Madame Padva, Lainey Burgess, um, Lainey's sister, um, I can't find her name, but she's there, she's at the dinner. Um, and Mr. Barris, mm-hmm. who is my favourite character, Mr. Barris. Like, that's on one page. Yeah. I think it it might just be because everyone's roles in the book were more clearly defined. Yeah. Like, everyone definitely. there served a purpose. And they all, like, got looked into in quite good depth, mm-hmm. you know? Like, there was entire pages about Madame Padva's career as a as a, a ballet dancer. Yeah. You know? Um, the Burgess sisters... Uh, were cracking on design and stuff and um, mr barris had his architect design yeah stuff you they know whereas like a lot characters of... yeah yeah and i wonder if like is this book a lot bigger than the one that we read last oh week? yeah it uh, last month yeah so maybe that's it like you know we had 400 pages of this one I mean, 500 mm-hmm. um but yeah uh-huh. so mr barris yes. is my favorite character because i think he just a blessing he just he made the best out of the situation, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he just cracked on. He was, just like, this he was is like, a really cool opportunity I'm given. Yeah, like when people were like, "Are you? do you not want to understand why you don't age? He was like, no, I'm just going to keep working. Yeah. And I was like, that would be me. <laughs> like, let's not ask questions, guys, right? <laughs> if we ask questions, it may stop. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not that I want to live forever, but like if you've still got stuff to do, you keep going, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you don't live forever. You can still die. Yeah. <laughs> What about you? Who's your favorite character? Oh, that's complicated. I don't know. I, there's probably Poppet. Oh, she is very cute. She's so cute Pleasant. and she's so sweet and she cares so much. She does. She does. Yeah, like, I mean, probably like that or like maybe I have a complicated like love-hate with Isabel. Why? I don't know. Like, she's she's a complicated and complex character and I'm like... I don't agree with everything you've done, but like everything you've done is also done for the best in- with the best intentions. Like, mm-hmm. but see, that's my favorite kind of character. Yeah. When you're like, oh, you're fucking up so badly, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because I feel like I would beat Isabel. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Oh, this is not related to the book at all. But I'm watching a TV show called Superstore, mm-hmm. and I'm watching it, and I'm like, I want to be Amy. Yeah. Who is this like great cool character? But I know I'm Sandra. He's <laughs> <laughs> like fair. not quite as badass. But yeah. Um. Sorry. Back to the night circus. <laughs> All right. Well, how would you rate the book? Unless you have any other questions. No. No. It's gonna have to be a four and a half. Okay. It's losing half a point because of the sort of anticlimax of Bailey just being the guy that fixes it all. Okay. 
it sort of it it sort of underwhelmed me like because it, it was building up and building up and then it was like don't worry we've got a strange boy here to fix everything <laughs> i would probably also give it a four and a half actually and i can't exactly pinpoint like i think it's because i was reading like listening to it but there were points where i was just like we're mm, sure about that's like there's just like certain things that i'm just like that doesn't sw- sit perfectly well in such a well-crafted and otherwise perfectly put book. Mm-hmm. Fair. You don't have to justify your answers, Lisa. This is our <laughs> podcast. You can do what you want. Okay? That's true. Okay, four and a half. <laughs> no further questions. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, well, would you like to um, announce our book for next month? I think you should, since you have some explaining <laughs> to do. Oh yeah, this is very true. Okay, so um we um we were working really hard to get suggestions for the book club until I realized that Lisa has not read one of my favorite books. Like a game time At which point, 11th hour decision. Yeah, literally like as we were going through the suggestions y'all sent, I basically mentioned a book and Lisa was like, "Oh no, never read it." So <laughs> apologies, but I have vetoed the decision mm-hmm. as co-host um i think it's fair we can say we get one veto a year okay um because we have never done this before so, <laughs> so it's, it's just me making up rules that benefit myself but just to keep it even we get one each as co-host um so this month or sorry for february we will be reading one of my favorite novels yes robbie's decided really to make us to. cry for valentine's day yeah you're all welcome welcome to single hell <laughs> um I read this in high school and I cried all through high school um, because of the book, not because, I mean, I also cried all through high school. But um, I, it was a beautiful book and I'm very excited to hear what Lisa thinks of it. And I'm hoping that you guys will enjoy it as well. And if you've already read it before, send us your thoughts and your questions. But for February, we will be reading The Time Traveler's Wife <laughs> by Audrey Niffenegger. I'm so excited. I've never read it. <gasps> I'm very excited. I'm so excited. And you've never seen the film? No. Excellent. Because I knew it was based off of a book, and I don't watch movies that I know are based off books until I've read the book. Excellent. What I will say is do not use the audiobook, because there's timestamps. It's a bit like this. There's timestamps, and it's very... It goes everywhere. So so read the book. I'm going to fish out my copy of it, so we won't have Mm -hmm. an audible comparison in February, I'm afraid. Okay. It's okay. But yeah, I'm so excited. Thanks so much. All right. Well, then you can find mm. our book club selections on our bookclub.org shop, bookshop.org, I think. Bookshop.org slash shop slash we are doing fine. Yeah. Only available in the US at the moment. They're working on it. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> I've been, I've been uh, politely told. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also probably just find it on our, on our Instagrams and stuff or, you know, wherever you find books. Exactly, because we're hoping you all know where to find books. Yeah, at this point. At yeah. this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess that's it. Yeah. For us, for book club episode for January. Please rate, review, nice and subscribe. All that fun stuff. You'll be re- you'll be yes. listening to us going on about this tomorrow. So exactly, you'll hear all about our socials on Tuesday. Um, so yes, um, the night circus was fab. Join us for. The Time Traveler's Wife in February, or at the end of February. Yeah. Um, and until next month, keep, keep reading fine. Mine. You did the I wrong know, one. I know, I did the wrong one. <laughs> Let's redo it. I'm confused. Okay. <laughs>
Keep reading fine. Maybe instead of fireworks, we should have like pages. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Can't wait until you're like. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to edit this out now.